Welcome to episode 155 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording in beautiful Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Support for this episode comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling. They are reminding you to reduce, reuse, recycle, and compost. Remember to bring those reusable bags whenever you go shopping, keep them in your bike, or keep them in your car so you can reduce the number of single-use products. Also sponsoring this episode comes from the Deli at Jackson Hole Marketplace. We're using the freshest ingredients to build some of the biggest and baddest sandwiches around. Come on and visit us so we can build a certain amount of yum to fill your belly. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. I'm Stephen Clark Abrams, your host. Thank you all of you for tuning in this week. Welcome back to all the old listeners and welcome to all of you new listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, be sure to get out there and share this podcast with folks because it makes it easier for other people to enjoy the information and stories we share each week here at the Jackson Hole Connection. So pull out your phone, look for give this podcast a rating, hit the five stars and type a little note so when other people are searching around, they know what they're getting into. The reason I created this podcast is to get out and share stories so we can all learn from each other. We all have a fabulous story to share. And when we're talking to each other and learning about each other, we can connect on a much better level. And then it brings us all together. My guest today is Dory Sumner. She's the executive director of Astoria Park Conservancy, which operates Astoria Hot Springs and is managing 100 acres of conservation land, which is adjacent to the hot springs. Many folks in our community have fond memories of the old Astoria Hot Springs, as they remember it as a place to gather, maybe where they had their first kiss behind the old snack shack, or a place where they learned to swim. Today, with Dory's leadership and the vision of many, many community members, Astoria Hot Springs is once again welcoming patrons, providing a space to create new memories, and conserving space to protect the wonders of the world. Dory, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. Wonderful to see you and and meet you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Now, Astoria has a fabulous history here in our community where you're, you're working, and I would love for you to start off by sharing with us, what is your history and connection with Jackson Hole? And love to get a background on, on you, Dory Sumner. Yeah, absolutely. So it's sort of a funny story. I, I lived in Jackson for about a year, and... You know, in that time, I started working for and became really connected to Astoria. And then last year, I actually moved to Bozeman to put down some roots. But sort of funnily enough, because of the pandemic, it sort of opened this door for me to work remotely. So I'm really thankful to still be working for Astoria Park Conservancy. And I still make trips down to Jackson about once or twice a month. But the bulk of my work I, I can do from home from my place in Bozeman. Wow. That's um, you don't hear about many people who are connected or doing something for places in Jackson that are uh working remote. So kudos to you. Yeah. Thanks. And and where did you grow up, Dory? I grew up in New Jersey. And what brought you out to, to the Jackson area? 
So I went to school at the University of Vermont, and there I studied environmental studies. And right after school, I moved to New York City, and I jumped right into a job doing environmental law as a paralegal. And that just wasn't quite for me. I loved the cause, but the actual practice of the job just wasn't wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Um, and sort of by chance, I just got this job at Prospect Park Alliance, which is the nonprofit that stewards Brooklyn's Prospect Park in New York. And that's really what opened the door to me to be interested in public spaces and parks. But I knew that I didn't want to be in New York City anymore. So I sort of left New York without really a plan and landed in Jackson to visit a friend who had grown up there. And I really was just going to stop in and visit for a couple days. But while I was there, I just sort of fell in love with the space and decided to stay. Good for you. Thanks. (laughs) I love it. And then in your introduction, you had mentioned how you found a connection with Astoria Hot Springs, the Astoria Park Conservancy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm interested how you leaned into their story. How did that all come together? Yeah, so I, you know, I came to Jackson with this pretty set mission to work in parks and public spaces. And I got into town and was just chatting with some people. And pretty much right away, somebody mentioned to me that there was, you know, this group in town that's starting a new park. So that just really piqued my interest. And I asked my my current boss, Paige Byron Curry, out to coffee. And it was kind of just history from there. That's awesome. Good for you for going after it. Thanks. I love it. Thanks. Now, you work for Astoria Park Conservancy. Yeah. Which runs Astoria Hot Springs or Astoria Park Hot Springs? Yeah. So it's Astoria Park Conservancy is the nonprofit I work for. Mm -hmm. And our function is that we are stewards of Astoria Hot Springs and Park. Okay. So the hot Springs is the hot springs facility. We're just south of Hoback Junction. And we opened that in September of last year. And then in addition to the hot springs facility, there's also this larger 100 acre park um, just adjacent to the hot springs, which a lot of people actually, I think, don't quite know about. But we're working on getting the ball rolling to do some habitat restoration in that area and then, you know, put some trails in, get some community input for the space and open it up as a public park in a couple of years down the road. I, I definitely didn't know that you guys had a 100 acre park, which was connected to where the hot springs is. I had no idea. Yeah, it's a it's a really special piece of land we have geothermal activity we have a couple different wetlands cottonwood forest we're right on the snake river it's a really important wildlife crossing area and it's really interesting we have a ton of wildlife activity there we have over 90 species of birds and because of all the geothermal activity we're also one of the first and last places to have 
greenery and food for animals to come feed on. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a really cool space and you'll see in the next, you know, couple years, we're going to really make an effort and have already started to do so, but you'll be hearing a lot more from us about getting community input because we really want it to be a space that's for the community and by the community as well. Sure. Let's get into some of the history of Astoria Dory because when I moved here in the summer of 99, when my brother drug me out here, he's listening right now. He, can, <laughs> he didn't drag me out, but we could say that. <laughs> and there was no Astoria Hot Springs at that time. It was just yeah. a spot that you would stop at if you happen to be tubing on the river or in a boat on the river. So Dory, I'd love for you to share some historical significance and past with everybody so they can get an idea of why this is, why you're doing the work that you're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear you. You would have just missed the old Astoria. So it, it's been a space that the surrounding Jackson community and Teton County community has really enjoyed for decades. And the Gill family operated the space from 1960 to 1998. So you really just, just missed it when you came to town. Well, let's tear down. Seven's moving to town. <laughs> but you'll hear stories of people who grew up here during that time learning to swim at Astoria, having big community gatherings. I have spoken to so many people who've reached out and told me they were lifeguards at Astoria. And it is really just a space that has some really incredible memories and has always just been this place where people could come and gather and connect. Um, so the Gill family had to close the operation in, as I said, 1998, um, because it just wasn't financially feasible for them anymore. But then in 2012, when a plan to bulldoze the property and create this luxury resort came up, the Trust for Public Land stepped in and really ra rallied the residents to join hands and bring the space back to the community. So there was this really wonderful fundraising effort to step in, bring the space back. And from that initiative, Astoria Park Conservancy was founded in 2018. And we were able to open to the public last September, which has been just so wonderful to see people re-welcome to the space as well as people who, you know, weren't able to experience the old Astoria and create new memories here. And since we've opened, we wel we've welcomed over 30,000 visitors to Astoria in that time. And that's with over a hundred days of COVID closures. So it's, it's been a really wonderful thing to see. And yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that, that little bit of history. I, I'd like for you to describe what Astoria might've been like when the Gills started running it in the sixties. And, but before you do, how you mentioned that it has some important significance in people's memories here in the valley. I remember a lawyer here in town who grew up here who said that he had his first kiss behind 
the snack shack, I think he said. Yeah. <laughs> so it was quite funny to hear that. And then I've interviewed somebody on the podcast and they shared a story where they rode their bike down there from town. That's amazing. And and that was either in the 60s or 70s when they did that. And and I think um, it might have been Ralph Gill, I think, had to give him a, a ride back. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody gave him a ride back. I could be wrong on who did it. I, I don't know. But um, it, that was a haul, like a, on a single speed bike, riding <laughs> all the way down, down there along that highway. I could only imagine. So I'll, I'll let you take it from here. I'd love for you to um give us a, a picture of it help us visualize what a story was like um in that time period that the gills ran it yeah um so it looked quite a bit different than it looks now the old space was it was really you know you had the snack shack which we brought back in the current Astoria. we we have a, a snack space that we call the snack shack now but in the past Astoria, you would see one big rectangular pool. And, in you know, I, I just, I wasn't able to visit the old Astoria, but I've seen photos and all the pictures. You just see so many people like gathered around the pool, sitting on the edge of the pool, swimming. It just always looked like such a lovely time and experience you would hear stories about people doing like all their graduation parties there and coming and roasting s'mores and it just seemed like this really lovely place for folks to gather in the current Astoria looks a little different in the sense that we have you know, we still have our snack shack, but we have this new welcome center. And we also have now five pools to soak in that are spread out throughout the facility. And they're all different temperatures and provide a little bit of a different experience, but still provide that space where folks can come and gather and connect with each other and nature as well. Well, I am thoroughly impressed with the numbers that you provided of how many people have visited Astoria, because I know during COVID it was limited. You had to make a reservation to go there. And we made several reservations and went there several times. And we, we love going there and it was a safe place to visit with some friends outside. And there's a nice breeze that flows through. And when it's cool outside or in midwinter, you're just sitting in that warm hot springs and looking up at some of the views and over there in the, in the canyon and you see some osprey flying over and looking at people floating down the river depending on what time of year it is and it is a special special place for sure yeah. and having little kids and those different pools where there's the little kitty pool I mean my youngest is spends all of his time there and we're like, no, we want to go to the warmer pool. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And I think you made such a good point about it being this very unique and safe place, particularly during COVID and this time where people can actually come to the hot springs and connect in a way that 
feel feels safer than if you were to like even just go to your friend's house or go out to a restaurant and it's accessible all year round every day through the winter summer now dory was the old hot springs area open all year like you guys are i believe it was but i'm actually not quite sure okay but they had a diving board did they have a slide i've seen a diving board. I'm not sure about a slide, uh-huh. but it was definitely a deeper, it was more of a structure that you would look at and think like that's a pool, like that you would see at a normal, like public, public pool. Whereas the pools now at Astoria are a little bit more, they're more different. They're more designed for soaking and restful relaxation as opposed to a bigger space for like swimming laps or something like that yeah it is it is a for little kids it's a great place and Mm -hmm. um even for adults for the relaxation side of it yeah absolutely certainly enjoy it (laughs) (laughs) so a hundred acres to put some pathways in, some hiking trails. How did the acquisition of the total space that you guys have come about? So it was, it was this interesting process where this resort was going to step in and buy the property. And it was going to be this space for, you know, a luxury space that wasn't necessarily for residents in the surrounding community. And I think when that happened, there was sort of a, a light bulb went off where I was like, no, let's, let's keep this for the local Teton County community. And that's really when the trust for public land stepped in and they kicked off this fundraising campaign and got a ton of people to just join hands, donate. And from that process, the trust for public land were able to step in by the property. And then when Astoria Park Conservancy was founded, they then donated the property to us. I love it. So that's a big ask. Yeah, it was a it was a six million dollar campaign. So it was a it was a big project and but people were excited about it. And as we've talked about, so many people in the community have so much love for Astoria and this space. So it sort of felt like even though it was a it was a big push, it sort of felt like a no-brainer to let's take this space and bring it back to the community and have it be nonprofit run so we could subsidize costs for local community members and really make it just this accessible space for residents to experience. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Dory, we're going to have a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and learn a lot more about the Astoria Park Conservancy and Astoria Park Hot Springs. Teton County Solid Waste Recycling wants to remind you to bring those reusable bags whenever you go shopping for groceries. Reusable bags are good for the environment and your wallet. Wash those bags to keep the germies away, and remember, 
you're reducing the number of single use products that go into our waste stream. So now keep them in your car, keep them in your, in your bicycle, at your office. So if you have to run to the grocery store or go out shopping, you have a bag to use. Call 307-733-7678 for up-to-date hours of operation. And additional support comes from the vault of Jackson Hole, which is Jackson Hole's only climate-controlled wine storage facility, which is also offering temperature-controlled storage for businesses. Call 307-248-6392 to connect today. Welcome back, Dory. We're having a blast here talking about what Astoria Hot Springs is and how this park has come about and what the history of Astoria Hot Springs is. And there's so many people in our community who have very fond mem memories of what Astoria Hot Springs was from 1960 to 1998, from when the Gill family ran it. And now with what you and your organization has done, you're building new memories and new experiences for families. And sometimes you just can't put a price tag on those. It's almost like the MasterCard commercial, um, you know, the priceless aspect of things. <laughs> And right now we're in our old bills, fun run giving season. And there is a opportunity for people to help contribute and keep Astoria thriving for your operations. I'm curious, are you able to share how much comes from fundraising and how much comes from actually taking ticket prices, you know, for admission? Up until this point, we've been very heavily donor funded. A lot of the admission prices go right back into sustaining the actual hot springs facility. And that balance will shift a little bit as we get farther into our operations. But right now we are primarily our operations are donor supported. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you guys participate in old bills? We do. You do. And it would be listed as what on the old bills list? We are Astoria Park Conservancy, and you can find us in the environment and conservation focus group. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, going back to this big plot of land of the 100 acres um, the wildlife corridors, the cottonwood stands. Can you share with us the importance of protecting and conserving those areas, es especially with the wildlife and then how that the cottonwood, I mean, cottonwood's a tree, tree's a tree, I guess, but, but there's a significant, there's an importance to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really special space. And I think just in the fact that, you know, 100 acres is, is a big plot of land, but at the same time, it, it is sort of this really interesting, almost condensed piece of property that has for the amount of ecological diversity that it has. Um, so as you're we saying, you know, like there is this geothermal activity and there's wetlands and we have ponds on site. We're right on the river. And because there's all that 
diversity, there is this really special opportunity for wildlife to really, it's all very interconnected. Um, And the space, you know, we definitely have some work to do in terms of rehabilitating the space and getting it back to where it needs to be in terms of its peak ecological health. But even where we are now, you see, you know, all I feel like I see a bald eagle every time I'm at Astoria. And you see all these songbirds, you know, hanging out on the cattails on the ponds. And you see just like mule deer coming through and feeding on the property. And it's just this very interesting space where there's quite a bit of interaction between wildlife that might typically be more spread out. I can imagine a meditation segment of um, somebody help with a very soothing voice, not my voice. My voice isn't soothing. (laughs) I think it's. (laughs) And framing the experience of being down there. And once when you guys have the pathways to go through more of the property of that experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've actually started to do, we've had one meditation session actually at Astoria, not in the deeper areas of the park, but up on the lawn right outside of the hot springs facility. We've actually done one meditation session there already. And, you know, a big part of our mission is really to provide the space where people can seek refuge. We're very focused on health and well-being. So we've we've launched this series where people can come and engage in some sort of health or wellness activity at the top of the month every month. So last month we did a meditation and sound bath activity in September. We're doing an activity as well on September 1st. And that'll also be a meditation session will be included in that activity, but we'll also have a guided conversation around self-compassion as well. So if you're interested in meditation and health activities like that, take a look at our website because we definitely have some opportunities for that. Well, you mentioned website. Well, what is that? It is astoriapark.org. Nice. Nice. And it has these events that are listed there. And what about getting together for parties? Is that available for Astoria? Typically, yes. Right now, um, we are in code red COVID state. So it's part of our policy that if we're in code red, we're not going to allow events. But hopefully, you know, If the COVID situation gets better, events are totally and typically possible. We just want to make sure that everything is safe. Mm -hmm. Well, we should say that, I should say that we are, you and I are being safe. We are having this interview virtually. Unfortunately, when we do then, when I do the interviews virtually, the sound quality is not as strong. But the safety factor is through the roof. 
<laughs> so it evens out. It evens out. I would rather be safe and ensure that you are safe. And I'm happy to say that, not that I'm happy to say, but I'm an open book. And right now I do have COVID. Fortunately, I've received the vaccine and it's not impacting me heavily, unlike other people. Um, so I'm one of the, the lucky people. So everybody stay safe out there. Do what you feel like you should do. But I say, go get the vaccine. <laughs> we won't get into that conversation. <laughs> Well, I'm happy you you look like you're feeling okay. I yeah, I, I didn't shave this morning. Other than that, I feel fine. <laughs> so going back to Astoria, now you said that you live in Bozeman, and my wife and I and and our family we love going to hot springs, especially out here in the West. And my wife and I honeymooned at. Chico Hot Springs, nice. and we were we've been to the Bozeman Hot Springs there, and there's several other ones in in that area as well. So, do you have the fortunate responsibility to go and experience other hot springs out here in the West? Oh yeah, it's very important to my duties to check out all the hot springs. Um, I love Bozeman Hot Springs. Bozeman Hot Springs is great because they have a couple different cold plunges. So you can get into the cold pools and feel super weird and cold and then jump into the hot, hot pools. And it's just this crazy feeling, um, but it's actually very good for your body. And we actually just finished up a campaign to bring a cold plunge to Astoria. So mm -hmm. That's something that folks can look forward to in the coming year is we're going to get a cold plunge on site, which will just be this wonderful space where people can jump in some cold water, especially in the summer. And also it provides all of these really amazing health benefits. Do you go from the cold to the hot or do you start with the hot and then go to the cold or at some point it doesn't matter? You can do it a couple different ways and depending on like your pattern of going from cold to hot, it affects your body in different ways. So, and that's the same thing with soaking as well. So like soaking in the hot pools for a long period of time, that's really great for like relaxation and sort of calming your muscles and body down you can also do like shorter soaks in the hot springs where you soak for like two minutes at a time and get out and that is this more like invigorating and stimulating experience and the cold plunge sort of works in a similar way where you can approach it in different ways and it'll give your body uh, and it's also great for you emotionally it releases all these endorphins but yeah, you can experience it in different ways to get these this like really cool, varied experience. It's almost like at the rec center here, you could go jump into the lap pool and then go jump in the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you'll be able to do it outside in nature at Astoria Hot Springs yeah. with cold plunge. Yeah. Overlooking the Snake River. Yes. For, for those who are listening who have not experienced... Astoria Hot Springs, 
you definitely have to go allow yourself the opportunity to do it. And for those people who are listening, who are don't live here, it's all the reason to book a ticket to come to Jackson right now. So you can go <laughs> forget the Tetons. Now the Tetons are important, but you should add Astoria to the list of places to visit because it is a very, very special place. And for many years, we've been going to Granite Hot Springs, which is, you know, built in the thirties by the CCC during that time period. So it's, it's fabulous that we now have other options of outdoor hot springs to go to in this area, because we are blessed with all the, so many thermal features out here. Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day, actually last week, and they have a place, a property on in the South Park area, and they have a natural thermal pond on their property. And they help raise swans. And was it swans or cranes? I don't remember, but they help raise cygnets wow. because there's this pond that is naturally heated. So when the time for them to come out of the shell, I'm sorry, I don't know the technical terms, but it just shows that there's so many different places of those around the valley where the we have those thermal features and it's nice to know that there's people in the valley who are using that resource to do uh, some good for the environment and uh, for nature. Well, thank you for saying so. Yeah. And, and I look forward to seeing designs. Are you guys going to be coming out with some designs and, and schematics and plans so we can visualize what the, the nature park or that area will, will look like. And yeah, absolutely. The first portion of really getting an idea for the larger park area of Astoria is really doing some deeper digging in terms of what the surrounding community wants. So our process is going to be pretty heavily focused in the next year or so, just around talking to people and bringing folks to the space and getting a sense for, you know, just reading what people's values are in terms of what kind of space they would enjoy or what kind of various barriers people might be facing in the community in terms of accessing the outdoors and, you know, what people would really appreciate or maybe even what's missing in terms of public green spaces in the local community. And then we want to, you know, take those conversations and use that to make a plan for the park and really create this welcoming space that is a little different and fills some some niche that is missing. And why is it important for you to get the feedback of the community versus just kind of doing your own thing? Because we're a very community-centered organization and you know, I I think if you if you create a space that isn't you know, you just kind of put it up without much care or feedback from the people who would be enjoying it. I just, I think it's just all the more special when people have a hand in creating the space and really feeling like we want people to feel like Astoria is their park. It's their space to come and enjoy and spend time with their family and friends. And 
we want to, you know, inspire those connections with people in the space and really foster, you know, even environmental stewards for years to come. And we've even started to do some on-site programming just with some camp groups to get some kids out to the space and, you know, do some nature walks and talk about what they want to, what they want to see here. We did a really fun camp with the Jackson Hole Children's Museum, where we had the kids in their workshop camp get to work and design some replicas for us for nature playgrounds that they'd want to see. Um, you know, and they were, they're little kids, but they provided a lot of really amazing insight on what kind of structures they want to play on and like what parts of playgrounds are really important. And you'll see those kids, like we visited a couple playgrounds around town and they were very much like this playground is great we love playing there and then that playground over there is a bad one and we don't ever go there (laughs) (laughs) and I won't say what's what but we want you know we want the space to just really mirror that of you know the community's values and have it be this really special place where people can come and really enjoy their time well I I love it And I hope that somebody from Teton County Parks and Rec and the school district is listening. (laughs) The next time that they plan a park, (laughs) a little playground, that they get some kids feedback. Oh, man. I mean, it's so true. Get feedback from people. Get feedback from the users of anybody. Yeah. My kids have been going to a, a daycare. And when they rebuilt one of the locations, they put rocks in the playground. What designer puts rocks in a playground for kids? I I don't know. But it's somebody that did not collaborate and ask what would make sense for kids. Right. And then the another one was at one time they had bark. They had this bark in the playground. And it was like Velcro for the kids' clothes. And our kids would come home, just all the clothes covered in bark. And they would get splinters galore. Oh, no. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. So I'm thrilled to hear that you guys have collaborated with entities like the Children's Museum and getting feedback and getting kids out there to explore and experience nature. Because there are a lot of children in this town who don't have the opportunity to get out and explore nature. Not everybody does. So it's a misnomer to think that everybody that lives here has the chance to go into the park or be in the forest. They, they don't. And it's wonderful that you're reaching out to other organizations and giving other kids that opportunity. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So Dory, to wrap things up and sharing with folks, share again the website of Astoria Hot Springs or Astoria Park Conservancy. Our website is astoriapark.org and you can learn a little bit more about our program work and partnerships and how to support us during old bills all right through there. And I'm going to guess, is it still reservations right now? Yep. We're still doing reservations. Um, We've, decreased our capacity a little bit just because of the code red status in town. So we're at 
36 people per visit right now just to create a space where people can feel, you know, safe during current time, but still reservations online. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fabulous. Dory, I so appreciate you taking the time and kudos to you for finding a way to be virtual and be connected with this community. Thank you. And thank you to all the people you work with at Astoria for providing a safe and clean space for us to um, enjoy in, in nature. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Yes, it was. Thank you, Dory. Have a great day. You too. To learn more about Dory and Astoria Park Conservancy, visit the Jackson Hole Connection episode number 155. Many thank you to everybody who's tuning in each week. Many thanks to my wife, Lauren, the boys, Lewis and William. Also, thank you to Michael Morey, who edits each episode and gets the marketing out so people can find this beautiful podcast. If you have a story to share, Go on our Facebook page, thejacksonholeconnection.com, or just search the Jackson Hole Connection in Facebook. We'd love to hear your stories. Share one with us so we can connect with you. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.